Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of In The Wings. My name's Laura Shenton, and in this episode, I'm gonna be talking to the wonderful Daniel Shenton. You might notice the common similarity in our names there. He's my little brother, but also he has recently gotten back into the amateur dramatics scene. So it'll be really interesting to have a chat with him and see what made him fall out of it, what made him get back into it, and all of the stuff in between. I'll also be doing a quick roundup of what's on in and around the UK and also we'll be giving our first impressions of a brand new musical that's made its way to the West End, a musical version of an old childhood book series. We'll get into that a little bit later but first of all I want to say hello to my guest Daniel. Hello, you're right. I'm not too bad, thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> so a lot of people, uh, well everyone listening, will not know that uh, you spent a lot of your time um, when you were younger, in amateur dramatics with myself. Yeah, we did spend a lot of years together, didn't we? Too My many. God, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into amateur dramatics and what your first experiences with it were like? So, as far as I remember, being a young man, uh, I was always looking for this stuff to do, as, you, as a young boy does. You get bored very easily. Right. But I was very uncoordinated, so a lot of sports clubs were sort of out of the question for me. Um, and I remember you had performed years before I had. And you had gone to go and sign up to a new youth theatre group. And I obviously wasn't trusted to be in the house on my own, so I was brought along to the sign-up day. And I was asked by our dad, do you want to sign up as well? Me, being a young man, went, yeah, cool! <laughs> And that was sort of it, really. I got signed up by exposure. Uh, you told me off because you thought I was invading your thing. A little bit. Yeah, it's fine. You got over it 17 years later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was, when was that? That was 2006? It was a I long think. time ago. So that was 2006, I think, was the first, because the first show was 2007. Yeah, probably about So then. it would have been in September yeah. before that we signed up. So it was 2006 to 2014 wow. was my time as that youth theatre group. Yeah, performing one show a year. And then I think we did a few maybe sort of school performances mm -hmm. in between here and there. But that's about it, really. And a few trips to Germany. Yes. Performing abroad. So you kind of went into a bit of um, your background in amateur dramatics there. Do you have like a favourite show that you were in during that time? Do you think? Ooh, during that time, uh, 2012, I think it was, we did, and you'll remember, we did a production of Joseph. Yes. And that was that was probably the biggest show we'd done um, before or since. Mm -hmm. And that was a very good show. It was a fun one. Everyone sort of came together. Mm. Not that everyone was apart beforehand, but everyone really came together to put that show on. So that was a good good thing to be involved with was that one yeah i remember how excited everyone was because it was probably like the first big name show that we got to do yeah, i think it was it was the first musical we did because we did i think the group did musicals but before we been. arrived so i think it was probably the first musical they'd done in years yeah i think it might have been mm. i mean we'd done like music shows before like yeah, the yeah, first we'd, one we'd we were done in singing peter and pan. dancing and like peter pan had quite a few songs in yeah. it it wasn't necessarily a musical but like it was this was the first proper musical button down the hatches good old andrew lloyd webber yeah <laughs> thank you andrew thank you andrew 
So moving on a little bit further down the line, because we had quite a few shows together. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of started to lose heart and lose interest with yeah. it, I think is fair to say. Yeah, it's it's hard to describe what really sort of happened. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it was when our grandfather passed away mm-hmm. uh, back in 2014. No, it's before that, surely. Few years no. ago, <laughs> I, think was, I think it was 2014. So I think it was my. It last was 2014, year in high 2015 ish. Um, but I really, really struggled with mm. that, and I had never experienced a family death before, so I really struggled with expressing my emotions and sort of I internalized a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were doing a school show of Little Shop of Horrors, and the last night, for whatever reason, I had a massive anxiety attack just before the show, which really freaked me out because I'd never had one before. But we did the show, show went okay. Um, but the next day, uh, I was asked to get on the stage, not perform anything, just get on the stage and test lights and levels. And I had a really alien feeling to me, which was that while I was still on stage, I was massively aware of every pair of eyes in the room. And there weren't that many people in the room, there was maybe two or three members of staff and about 15 students. So by no means a large group of people in this room. Mm. But I was so fearfully aware that they were all looking at me that I actually froze and couldn't talk and just panicked and had to come straight off the stage again. Um, And I think that was, for me, that was the last time I sort of felt, that's it, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And that's when I took my step away. Um, I I still stayed in the theatre world, though. I did backstage work for a lot of different places and mm. stayed in the world yeah just not on stage no never went back to on stage for yeah. a while see i thought that was a real shame because you are a very very good actor <laughs> you have to say that you're my sister i'm not just saying that because you're <laughs> my sister i genuinely believe that you're a really really good actor and we'll come to that in a bit oh. um but yeah we will <laughs> oh dear um so that's why i have to try and pretend not to be really vain <laughs> no i'm i'm just you know Credit where credit's due and all that. Oh, thank you. So I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about like, you, you've kind of already said about um, the anxiety side of things making you stop. I know that there was another reason. You can go into as much detail on this as you want or as little detail as you want. But while we were in Amateur Dramatics, there was a thing there of you kind of got typecast quite a bit because of your size. Yeah, I mean... I think everyone got typecast in a certain way. And it's, I'd, I'd agree with that. When you're... It happens. When you're directing... I suppose when you are directing groups of different ages, mm. you do get a lot of different sized people. Mm. And a lot of shows are written in a way where you have a character, a henchman character, who is meant to be very big in comparison to the others, but with no brain at all. Which yeah. I, in my last few years with the youthiest group we were with, I was the oldest there. And I was about a foot taller than anyone else. So I very physically fit that role. Mm-hmm. So I think for my last three shows I was in, bear in mind we're doing one show a year, so for the last two, three years I was there, I was put in that, almost immediately just put in that role. Yeah, it was always idiotic um, henchman. Yeah, which is fine to do Yeah. every now and again, no complaints. It's just you sort of get a bit fed up with doing the same thing again and again, which I suppose everyone does really. Yeah, because looking at it from a director's point of view, like... If you know someone can do something well, it makes yeah. sense to put them in that role. But then also looking at it from an actor's point of view, it's like you just want to be able to do something that isn't 
the yeah. same thing you've been doing. So I can definitely see it from like both sides. Like yeah. I said, I think it's just when you have groups of different abilities, different ages, different sizes, it's just very easy to look at it and okay, well they can do that and they can do this and they can do that. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it was. It's just physically I fit that mold. So put him there, that'll do. Yeah, so we've we've sort of dived into like why you stopped doing theatre. Um, and I think the anxiety thing and also like being typecast and stuff like that and just kind of falling out of love with it in general is like, that's pretty relatable for a lot of people. I, I think it I happens think. to a lot of people, yeah. 100%. That's, I think a lot of people step away, not just from acting, but from other things as well. People step away from because they don't get the same enjoyment out of it they used to or they felt they've been doing the same thing for a long time and it happens it's yeah. one of those things absolutely but now i'd kind of like to delve into what made you get back into it because recently you've been uh well you've been in a show and now you're working on yeah i'm in my third two one shows? third one this year i've done two already oh you've this done is, two yeah I've done and two. this is yes this will be my third one of the year now i'm out of sync i know well, <laughs> I, I barely know what's going on anymore i just <laughs> say yes and end up in things <laughs> Yeah, but they've got very different roles for you as well. Yeah, so well, it's meeting new people and new directors and yeah, forcing yeah. myself to do different things, which is ultimately what I should have been doing in the first place, really. Right. Um, but in terms of what made me come back to it was... I said I, I stayed in the theatre world, didn't I, after I yeah, stopped acting. Backstage I, stayed, I was doing backstage, lighting stuff, tech stuff. I Stage was, management. Stage management, yeah, well, it's very official. Stage management. <laughs> I was doing a lot of sort of things still within the theatre world. So I've seen a lot of shows and things going on. I, I think every actor has this thing where you go and watch a show and you can appreciate the show. It's going to be great shows, but you'll be watching and you think, ah, I could have done that. I wanted to do that. Mm. Mm. And I was sort of seeing shows, I was thinking that all the time. And Mike's, I was coming up with excuses all the time for a reason not to perform. Um, one of it was not being able to get time off work, not having the opportunity, not wanting to get typecast, all this sort of stuff kept cropping up. Um, but beginning of this year, on the 5th of January, I was let go from my job, which meant that that big excuse I was using suddenly wasn't there. Mm. Um, so I very much made the decision, right, you've either got to now figure out, is it for you? Can you still do it? Or you've got to close that book completely. Because I never closed that book. I was always with the opinion of, oh, I might come back to it, I might not. Mm. It had been five years. I needed to either get back into it or close the book. Mm. Otherwise, I was going to spend the rest of my life thinking about coming back to it. It was like you shoved a bookmark in it. Yeah, it was very much like I put shoved a bookmark on it and then dropped it behind the bed and forgot about it for right. a couple of years. <laughs> um, so I decided, decided to figure this out. So... Just think it was about a couple of days after I was let go from my job. Mm. Uh, I looked on the auditions part of a theatre group website to see if there's anything coming up that I would take interest in. Um, and mainly I was looking for something I wouldn't get immediately typecast in, <laughs> right. something I hadn't done before. Uh, and I found an audition for a farce, a comedy, which we'd never done any comedies before. We'd done musicals, we'd done dramas, we'd done compilation shows, we'd done. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff, but I'd never done a comedy show before. And I thought, well, it's something different, something new, worth a challenge. So I got the audition pack, went off down to the audition. This was all for Charlie's Aunt, by the way, this in case was, anyone's interested. Yes, this was for a show called Charlie's Aunt, uh, which was done in Chester. 
Um, but I went down to the audition, had a relatively good audition, um, was cast in that. And that was quite a nice surprise to be cast. You know, I hadn't performed in five years and got cast in the first thing I went to audition. That was quite nice. Yeah, because you were just expecting to like go to the audition for I audition was, practice, kind of. I was very much going in with the attitude of conquering fears one by one. The audition mm. was the biggest fear at the time. So mm. get in, conquer that fear, and then see what future lies from there. Um, so to get cast was a bit of a surprise. I was only just trying to see if I could do an audition. Um, so I graciously accepted the part I was offered. Um, and we started rehearsals for that show. It was a great group of people, the show, and you know most of them I hadn't met before. Um, but really great group of people. Uh, and the show was, it was a good show. Put together a good show. We got nice comments for it, which was nice. And now you're involved in a show that is pretty much all physical comedy. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so currently in rehearsals for production of One Man, Two Governors, um, which was, it's an adaptation of A Servant of Two Masters. It's quite a modern, it's quite recently made. Mm. Um, James Corden did the official uh, Broadway is either Broadway or West End? I can't remember. Wow, much. okay. I really don't know any facts about this. It's horrible. <laughs> this is like being this is like not James doing your, Corden was in it. This is like being caught we by love a teacher when you haven't Corden. done your homework. This is horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so yeah, it's quite a modern one, but it's this one's a lot more over the top comedy. Charlie's aunt was farcical situational comedy. Mm-hmm. Whereas one man is basically just silly. Everything's funny, everything's worth a laugh. Um, which is very fun as well. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your character? Because it's a very different character for you. Yeah, it's a very, very different character. So I'm playing Stanley Stubbers. Um, Does he sound like that? Uh, yeah, well, no, no, not at all. I don't know why I did that voice. It's <laughs> <laughs> giving him a completely different voice from what I've been using in rehearsals. Um, so Stanley is a public school boy. Well, he used to be a public school boy. He's a public school man now, I suppose. Um, he's a gangster. Uh... That's about all you need to know about it. Uh, <laughs> he's on the run from the police. Uh, and Ooh. he's, yes, he's trying to find his partner, uh, Rachel, uh, as they plan to run away together. However, they've both come to Bristol separately and are unaware of each other's presence. Um, Does he have a posh accent? Because uh, you kind of slip it into a posh accent while you're explaining all oh, this. Well, no, Stanley's, Stanley's <laughs> voice is very different. If I do it, I'm going to be too, too close to the microphone and deafen your whole audience if I oh, did Stanley's don't. voice. Not on the first episode. Well, I mean, we'll start as you mean to go on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so unbeknownst to each other, Rachel and Stanley, they both employ the same... They both employ the same person. <laughs> um, Stanley calls him a Batman, that's all I know. Um, servant, I suppose. So if you go for servant, okay. it makes sense. Go for the original text. Servant. They both hire this same servant to look after them. And the show holds the show's whole premise is that one man is trying to serve two governors at the same time without letting them find out about each other. Right. So there's a lot of that sort of darting round stage, trying not to let each other see each other, or trying to explain why he has a picture of me in his possession. Right. Um, it's that sort of stuff. It's very funny. I'm really looking forward to it. And when's the start of that run? Yeah, so One Man, Two Governors is going to be happening in uh, the Grove Park Theatre in Wrexham and the show run will last from the 5th to the uh, 14th of September. 
Um, tickets will be on sale soon. Cool. And then I guess uh, the, the very last question I have for you is, um, do you have any kind of like tips or advice for people listening that maybe maybe they've fallen out with theatre and want to get back into it but aren't quite sure? Where should they start? Uh, the, when you... This is by no means gospel advice. This is just my story and what happened with me. For me, the difficult thing was taking that first step is if you're like me, you haven't closed that book. You've kept it open because you feel like you could return one day. You want to do something more. The longer you spend not doing it, the longer you spend out of it, the more anxious you'll be when you return. And that is terrifying. I mean, I was out for five years. I didn't do any performing. When I went back, the first opening night of that first show back was one of the most terrifying experiences of my adult life. And that's because I left it for so long. The sooner you can do it. And obviously don't push yourself into something you're massively uncomfortable doing. Mm. There's a difference between doing something that scares you and doing something that will scar you. Don't do anything that's going to push you too far because then you'll fall out of love with it and you won't do it. Push yourself, but be careful. Do what makes you happy, but not what pushes you too far. Mm. And if you don't want to do anything big, take it one small step at a time. Just audition to be in the chorus or the ensemble of a show. Just get that feeling of being on stage, even if it's just a background role. That feeling of being back on stage under the lights in front of an audience and see how you feel from there. Take it as many steps as you can. If you need to take one big step, if you need to take 50 small steps, figure it out. It is for you to find out, but it is your journey and yours alone. That was really nice. That was really nice. Um, and finally, 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 um, I'm going to end all of my interviews with uh, a final a song. A song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared. Oh, I am a musical mm. fan, but I'm not going to end it with singing. I think. Thank that God, would, uh, for the sake of your audience, that's probably for. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to end every interview I do with the same question, and it's okay. this: Why what are you is... here? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Um, no, what is your favourite show that you have been in or seen? Can um, be either. Or one of each. One of each. It's up to you. I, I get to keep talking for extra long. This is yeah. fantastic. Uh, probably the best show I've seen uh, was when to watch Matilda. Uh, down I was very jealous the West of that. End. It was very good fun. It was, no, seeing something professional professional is a completely different experience from watching anything else mm. um and it was fantastic it was probably one of the best shows i've ever sat down and watched um just it was quite disappointing it was over to be honest <laughs> i wanted to stay encore do it again um but that was a very very good show i can't remember when that was that was a few years ago now i can't remember when don't know but if any of the cast hear this i'm sure they'd be very appreciative if any of the cast were in that show on the night I came to watch. I don't know which night I came to watch. I can't help you there. But you were all fantastic and very good. And I thought you were amazing. Um, best show I've been in. Mm. Favourite show I've been in. Um, probably the one I'm doing now is One Man, Two Governors. is a lot of fun. I see you big up that show. Well, you know, I've got to sell tickets every night. It's always here. <laughs> no, I mean, it's... It's just so different from anything else I've done. That it's it does sound like good fun. so much fun to be doing. And so everyone's 
a really great group of people. So tickets will be on sale for One Man, Two Governors very, very soon, if not already. I'm not 100% sure. You can find those by going to the Grove Park Theatre website. It is online. Um, and please do bear in mind that Grove Park Theatre is uh, down in Wrexham. Appreciate that might be quite out of the way for some of you city people. But it is only a one-hour train journey away from Manchester, so uh, would highly recommend. Now who's giving the hard sell for the show? Hey, I'm just... You know what? <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying to be supportive. And now we're going to go into the quick roundup for the month. Welcome to your roundup of September theatre. So first off, starting in Manchester, because that's where I'm based out of. Starting their run on the 11th of September in the Opera House, we have Anne Juliet. That sounds like a really big party, so can't wait to see that one. Then, starting on the 13th of September, A Taste of Honey by the National Theatre comes to the Lowry. Definitely going to be an awesome one to go see. 17th of September, 9 to 5, starts at the Palace Theatre. That's the Dolly Part musical, so definitely another big party on the way. 19th of September, Macbeth, yes, the unspoken, comes to the Royal Exchange. Gonna be awesome. And the 25th of September, Under Three Moons, starts at the Lowry. Next up, moving on to London. I'm gonna go over this really quickly because there's so many shows on in London. Apart from your usual suspects like Phantom of the Opera, Wicked, and Book of Mormon, we have Come From Away, which is in the Phoenix Theatre. 9 to 5, yes, you're getting the Dolly Parton musical too, in the Savoy. And finally, two plays from one of my most favourite theatre groups, Mischief Theatre. We have the play that goes wrong in its fourth year at the Duchess Theatre, and we have the comedy about a bank robbery. Those are definitely two awesome shows to go and see. I remember when I first saw the play that goes wrong in the Lowry Theatre in Salford, and I absolutely nearly wet myself laughing. It was so much fun. All right, and that's your roundup for September 2019. Back to the main event. So the musical I have selected for first impressions is The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole, aged 13 and three quarters, the musical. Now this was a, a book series um, back when, really popular with kids and... It was a book series when I was a kid, so I don't really know why they've got suddenly had the inspiration to turn this into a musical. Um, but we are going to have a little play of the trailer right now for the show. Um, and then we're going to give you our first impressions of what we think. And BBC, it's a piece of my poetry. It's by me, Angela Gree. It's very smart, like a little piece of art. And I know it's all by heart. Good start. You go on the radio, you can put it on your show. After a piece on violin, dogs and from Stowe. Everyone will know the tab, it's put me on the map. What a piece of poetry. Bye. 
like the very British blimey at the end. It's very, it's very British blimey. 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 <laughs> so we just watched the trailer for uh, The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole, aged 13 and three quarters, the musical. Specifically yeah. th- 13 and three quarters. Well, it's a very specific age at that, isn't it? Yeah. Let me read out some of the reviews here and then we'll get stuck into what we thought from just watching the trailer. So the Mail on Sunday said it is a treat for 13 three-quarter year olds and grown-ups too. The Times uh, have said it's a bittersweet blast of pre-digital fun that speaks to all ages. So it looks like they tried to gear this towards the whole family and not just children. So it'll be good fun for you parents out there as well. Uh, British Theatre News said it was a joy to watch. Uh, the Guardian, this is an interesting comment, it rescues the British musical. I didn't know the British musical was in danger. I didn't know it was in danger. Are we in danger? Well, good news, but not anymore. We're not anymore, thanks to Adrian Mole. Thank you, Adrian Mole. <laughs> Thank you, Adrian Mole. Um, and the Evening Standard has said it's an entertaining romp through teenage awkwardness. Oh, that's always a good tale, We all know it? that period very well. <laughs> Um, but a lot of these reviews are pretty much the same in that they're saying, you know, it's a ray of sunshine. It's really fun, really fantastic. They're all very positive. Uh, they're very, sign. very positive. And it is on four stars, five stars from various newspapers and reviewing companies. So that's that's really that's good. good. That's a very good start. That's really, really awesome. So, uh, yeah. So what did you think? I think it looks very good. It looks like you've got a lot of fun moments in there. Mm. It looked like there was a few... Serious bits as well, which are always good to have in a show. Yeah. I will admit to not being 100% familiar with the book series. Hmm. So I just want to make the comment that the first song that Adrian has where he's like, it's my poetry and it's amazing. Like, that's a bit annoying. He's a bit of an annoying character. I I feel like he probably has like a growing arc, but... Well, it's it's different between self-confidence though, isn't it? That's true. Confidence in his own poetry is fantastic. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, all right. He's Maybe I'm a bit and harsh. three quarters, Laura. Let him off. Sorry. Jesus. Apologies. Apologise um, to the child. I'm sorry. Sorry, Adrian. Here we go. <laughs> but the song sounded really good. I did. Yeah. Um, I tried to make a comment at you while we were watching it, but you couldn't hear me over the trailer. You had the trailer um, very loud. I did have the trailer very loud. I apologise. I do think that the last song in the trailer, the beginning of that, sounded very much reminiscent of Matilda. I don't know if that's because it was paired with like a bunch of school kids like dancing in unison around the stage as well. Yeah, I think that it, but it had Matilda vibes in that sense. But that's it was just the beat of, of it kind of had like a Matilda vibe. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I appreciate it. I like Matilda a lot. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't really get it, but I see. Okay, I sort of see where the connection lies. In Maybe your... that's just me. Yeah, it's just you. <laughs> So it looks like the kids that are in it as well are having a lot of fun. Like I'm just flicking through the website now and a lot of the other videos on this website are, uh, there's a couple of videos of rehearsals and then there's, um, there's a few funny ones that they've done where like the kids read bits from the book series. Um, there's one that's called kids ask adults some searching questions, which looks like it could be pretty fun. So it's nice, it's nice to see the kids in the cast having fun with it is the point that yeah. I'm trying to make. I always feel like it's better watching a show where the cast have had fun with it rather than yeah. where the cast have taken everything dead serious and yeah. I, I suppose it depends what type of show it is, but yeah. ultimately but I like seeing shows where they've had fun well, with ultimately it. the backstage drive should be a fun one anyway, regardless of what show you're in. Yeah. You agreed. should enjoy working 100%. with people you work with. 
so yeah i mean it sounds really really fun really really cool really relatable for those who have already been through the teenage awkward phase where we don't really know what we're doing and we're covered in spots and just want someone to help us well it is what it is isn't it we all, <laughs> we all go through it uh so at the moment this is running in the ambassador's theater on west street in london you can call the box office to get tickets or you can book them on their website at adrianmolthemusical.com so i would definitely recommend going to see this if you are a family with young children or a family with teenagers it looks like it's gonna be a pretty good day out and also you could just do a really nice theater trip and go down to london for the day and explore and then go to the theater in the evening that's always a good plan yeah it's always a good day out yeah so to finish this episode off i just want to say thank you daniel for being my first guest on the very first episode um and for being such a good sport that's all right the checks in the post isn't it it will be at some point when i have money um (laughs) and apart from that i just want to say thank you to anybody that listened and made it this far you guys are awesome yes i can only apologize <laughs> Me too. If you do want to leave us any comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts, or you can head to my Twitter at WingsPod and leave them there. I do love hearing from people. Also, please make sure you do subscribe because then every time I upload a new episode, you'll get it right away and you won't have to wait because waiting sucks. And with that, it's time to bring the curtain down on the first episode of In the Wings. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.